Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Lucy Porter, and am I being unreasonable to use a toilet brush? No, you're not, Lucy. I love toilet brushes. I'm Asma Mir, and I'm definitely not being unreasonable to think that cornflakes just taste different these days. They do, don't they? They're just not the same. This podcast is your definitive guide to one of the UK's most loved and lauded forums, courtesy of Mumsnet. And Lucy and I come together every week with the help of celebrity and expert guests to celebrate Am I Being Unreasonable and its users. Sounds more than reasonable to me. And welcome to another episode of the Abu podcast. And today we have been trawling the forum for some of our favourite threads. And we've got some corkers. Uh, we're going to be talking about cliches. There's a thread about talking in cliches, uh, which at the end of the day, uh, if you know what I mean, <laughs> literally will be. Uh, <laughs> we'll be an emotional roller coaster. We will. That's exactly. And a journey. <laughs> We're also going to be talking about the funniest moments of childbirth, oh. which seems like a contradiction in terms. Oh no, there's so, so, so but many so involving many. crisps. Anyway, <laughs> our A-list adjudicator is a writer, journalist and broadcaster, Viv Groskop. So everyone loves a cliche. I know that I do. Quite literally, I love cliches. I mean, is literally a cliche or is literally just an annoying word? Anyway, we will soon find out. The original poster, Lucy said, I used to work in a company where cliched speech was actually compulsory. For example, we weren't allowed to call a meeting a meeting. What was it? It was a cascade. A cascade? I don't understand. I thought you cascaded information. I didn't know. Anyway, whatever. They were obsessed with policing people's speech. It was quite sinister, actually. Enforced cliches about blue sky thinking, thinking outside the box, parking an idea. I know where I'd like to park your idea. (laughs) Reaching out, actioning things. It was hell on earth. That, I think I would have to leave that job. Yeah. I can't bear that shit. It's like being on The Apprentice, oh, isn't you it? just you action that, Sandra. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just reaching out to Phil, so if you can just action that while I... Re- oh, no, yeah. While I, mean, it's I all... punch your face in. It is, Sorry. It is, well, do you know, this, <laughs> this is a thing on this thread, because there are lots of good examples of very contemporary, mm. sudden things. Uh, somebody put, when people say... It is what it is, trying to sound all philosophical. I feel like saying to them, you do realise that phrase has absolutely no meaning whatsoever. (laughs) It's the modern day equivalent of at the end of the day. Um, And this poster makes a very good point. She says, I think, I also think it's down to reality TV. Hours need to be filled without anybody saying anything. (laughs) And that is so true because it is on reality TV. It is all that kind of, well, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I think... (laughs) I'm afraid to say, as much as I love football, I think football's got a lot to do with it as well. Yes, because yes. Because those post-match interviews, I want to bite my hand off. That was where, at the end of the day, really, oh, had Oh, my God, the boy's done well, you know, 90 <laughs> minutes. We did not, we've done our best for the gaffer. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. You're like, no, no, you've got to stop. Anyway. There was one um, this week which uh, somebody pointed out to me that on all shows now, like, I, was, I think it was Britain's Got Talent, 
where they always say, oh, that performance was off the charts. It was off the <laughs> charts. That that was... And then, and then well, I was watching Strictly and someone did it as well. It was off the charts. Off the charts. I don't know what charts. Yes. What charts is it off? I don't even know. But that <laughs> seems to be one that's crept in. Oh. Um, this poster is put... My pet mum's net hate is, you're overthinking this. <laughs> oh, God. That is... I do... You read that a lot. That's how to patronise somebody. Oh, here's another great one. My pet hate at the moment is, you've got this. Mm. Or even worse, oh. you got this. Uh, it's in all the children's <laughs> Actual films. vomiting in going on. Every single one, that lame, annoying line gets trotted yeah. out at some point. To- Toy Story 4, The Lion King, you name it. Hey, you got this. Uh, I, had a, I had a team leader. Mm. I mean, there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> in one job I worked in who loved her cliches. Whenever somebody started a sentence with, I thought that she would interrupt and say, well, you know what thought did? I never quite got this. Is it actually a cliché or was she mixing it up with curiosity? <laughs> she was <laughs> Sorry, that's She really was also me. extremely fond of the phrase done and dusted, which was irritating enough, but it was bizarre when she would split it. She would mention a task that I'd been working on and ask, "Is it done?" A perfectly reasonable question and I would reply, "Yes, all done." She would then invariably follow up with, "Is it dusted?" <gasps> How on earth am I meant to respond to that? For reference, I was working at a computer in an office. (laughs) If we'd been a cleaning company, it would have actually made some sense. Oh Oh my God. Is it done? Is it dusted? (laughs) Oh, right. Another one to start using. Going to start using that on the family. Um, A lot of people, as well as, as the sort of terms of phrase and sort of cliched phrases a lot of people did talk about just words that really annoy them but Mm. this one I loved my darling daughter has a French oral exam today I was checking she could say literally in French (laughs) otherwise she will be struck dumb literally (laughs) yeah I wonder what the French for and I was like and she was like (laughs) I bet there is a French equivalent Um, a couple of weeks ago someone told me I always say to be fair I had no idea. I said it so often, blush. No, I'm so bloody conscious of it. I keep stumbling halfway through sentences. I like to be fair. I like to give both sides of an argument. Bah. Oh, God, I feel your pain, poster. Because I, yeah, I mean, I say to be fair quite a lot. Mm. And the other one that I didn't realise until I had children who are little mirrors who hold up your flaws to you is, um, do you know, (laughs) <laughs> oh, bless. and I say it almost at the because my son was doing it and I was like why do you get yes I do know what you, why, do you know do you know mummy do you know and I was like why do you keep saying that and my husband collapsed in fits of giggles and he was because it used to be right I used to say right so right so and I think I still do it quite a lot but uh <laughs> but do you know that's taken it over oh god I hate myself <laughs> um, this one's cute my husband is not a native English speaker and sometimes when he uses idioms he gets it slightly wrong so he says whatever have you instead of what have you oh, bless. <laughs> I don't have the heart to tell him he also says puppet instead of poppet really <laughs> 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 what a puppet what a little puppet I mean oh. I just wonder like 50 years ago were there cliches? Did they exist? I mean, I don't know if they... No, I think they did. Of course they did, didn't they? It's like all the stuff that we were taught at school was a good thing to say. 
Yeah. Can't think of anything now, no, but you know what I mean. my mind's gone blank. All I can think of is comedy catchphrases. That really <laughs> <laughs> nice you to gotta see you. You've got to be in it to win it. <laughs> yeah. I'll risk it for a biscuit. Well, there were things that, um, yeah, like really annoying things that your dad said. You know, I'm just playing devil's avocado. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, someone made a very good point at the current trend of starting every sentence with so. I've now, the thing that. is, they started off with, I'm sure it started off with academics. Mm. I used to hear academics on the radio all the time, and they would say, "So what?" Interviewer would say, "So what does this, you know, study mean for cancer or whatever?" And they would say, "So," and then they would go into this big long, and you just think, "You're really clever. Why are you saying so at the beginning oh. of it?" Or maybe it's an Americanism. I don't know. Mm. I, I do don't know. it as well. It's, you do not. Yeah, I've, do you? I've been pulled up Mission on it. Mission creep. It's just uh, the problem is I'm very suggestible. I am one of those people who will adopt the accent of wherever I go, and they think I'm taking the mission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rock good day, mate. Oh, yeah, you know, when I'm in Wolverhampton. <laughs> um, so a lot of people were complaining about their partners saying annoying things. And I think one poster completely encapsulated what you should do if your partner is annoying you. She says, we are where we are. Let's draw a line under your relationship. After all, what will be, will be. Hopefully you had your ducks in a row when you left him and are now moving onwards and upwards. All's well that ends well after all. I'm sure he was punching above his weight when he was with you and there are plenty more fish in the sea <laughs> oh god i can't even stop she says yeah that is a good good summary of some of the more annoying ones <laughs> so here we are again at the classics board one of my favorite places to be and this one it's a classic classic it is entitled funniest bit of childbirth if you want to go and look for it um, and the original poster says, My funniest bit was that during every contraction, my boob squirted milk at quite a high velocity, and I got the irritating consultant's glasses while he was telling me I wasn't in proper labour. Yeah. That's a victory, isn't it? Bullseye. Second funniest, midwife asked me to rate my pain 1 to 10 periodically, and at one point I said 9. She rushed up to give me some Entonox, but I was actually just telling hubby what the missing number was on his Sudoku <laughs> because he was stuck. <laughs> Come on, ladies, what memory of childbirth makes you chuckle, she said. And oh, my goodness. This is a funny thing because we're supposed People to forget, aren't we? But we have not forgotten and yes. you have not forgotten. Um, hallucinating on the gas and air and ranting about the dire film Brother Bear, Disney, yeah, that we'd watched with DD1 that evening, I must have had a little trouble making myself understood because DH looked at me with a concerned face and said, Sassy, it's a baby you're having, not a bear. You know that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not a little baby bear. <laughs> little baby bear. Uh, this one's gross. I was a birth partner for my friend in April 2006 and her waters hadn't broken even though she'd been pushing for half an hour. The midwife got her knitting needly thing no. and bent down to do the necessary <laughs> and whoosh, right in the midwife's mouth, eyes and oh. hair. Oh. It was phenomenal and even my friend was laughing <laughs> We don't know whether the midwife was laughing at this point, but... Uh, oh. oh my God, the knitting needly thingy? Really? Yeah. I don't even remember. Oh, I don't want to know. I mm. think she... Anyway, let's not go there. And looking back, it's funny remembering myself whining, I don't want to have a baby. And the midwife saying, well, tough luck, because you're having one about five minutes before he was born. Yeah, we yeah. all do that. It was all like, I did, this wasn't a good idea. Yes, yes. Can I take it all back now? <laughs> oh. 
out of it on gas and air and asking for a dog instead of a baby. <laughs> this is a very common theme, is that I'll have anything, whatever. <laughs> also talking to darling husband's dead dad. Oh, no. Spooky, isn't it? Uh, my best friend, drunk, laying on the side of the birthing <laughs> pool, waving a glass of champagne at me saying, come on! Come on, Enid, get on with it. Oh. And then you can have this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of friend you need. That's a birthing partner to be proud of. <laughs> a darling husband offering me two paracetamol prior to going to hospital to take the edge off. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> can you remember anything mad or hilarious from your two childbirth experiences um i well my husband and i were desperately trying to entertain the midwives we're both very needy (laughs) and both performers so we we were yeah so there was much hilarity but no i can't i have to say i still find i look back at it with dread and yes you're just trying to park it aren't you basically i you know what there were so many awful things well just like you know just silly things two things i remember okay at one point mine went on for about a day and a half. Oh. It was it was horrendous. Yeah. Okay, it was um, induced and then uh, emergency C-section. Anyway, um, feel sorry for me. I do. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, and um, at one point, it got so bad that they said, "Oh, why don't you go and have a shower because that will relax you and all the rest of it." And I was quite delirious at this point. I was like, I, I don't know. Mm. Why do Why do that? Why does that happen? Is it the drugs? Or yeah, is it just I you? Know, I don't know. Yeah, you're off your head. For yeah, completely. Thing. So anyway, so we went into the, one of those little shower thing, shower rooms. And so my husband is standing in the corner. <laughs> one point I opened my eyes <laughs> and I was like, I think I was singing away. La, 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 la. <laughs> completely naked, obviously. My husband just <laughs> crouched in the corner. <laughs> oh looking quite scared. Holding all my clothes and my shoes in his hand because it's like a wet room. So yeah. he's holding them in his hand and his glass. He said, he later said, I was quite frightened. Aww. You were a bit mad. Yeah. You were just singing and it wasn't even real singing. It wasn't even a real song. But earlier to this, I do remember that he was having a great time because he was watching all the stuff. He'd, uh, all the stuff I'd loaded onto iPlayer, onto my um, computer that I thought I'd be able to watch at my leisure during my 40 hours of labor. Um, of course, I couldn't watch anything because I didn't want to do anything. You know, didn't want to eat anything, didn't want to do nothing. So basically, he was watching everything on my computer and eating all my snacks Aww. and crunching really loudly, <laughs> really loudly. And I'm just say at one point, could you stop crunching so loudly? <laughs> anyway, there you go. Those are my memories. Thank God for the funny moments because <laughs> if it weren't for those, we'd never do it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
It's the Abu A-list adjudicator of the week. So I am delighted to say that as our A-list adjudicator this week, we have the journalist, author, and broadcaster extraordinaire, the one and only Viv Groscott. Viv, hello. Hello, I'm so thrilled to be your A-list adjudicator. You are an inspiration to me. Well, you very literally have inspired me recently because I was listening to your fantastic How to Own the Room podcast, which is a great resource for anyone who ever has to do any public speaking or is interested in it in any way. And I, just before I went to the Edinburgh Festival this year, listened to your interview with Sarah Hurwitz, who was, amongst other things, Michelle Obama's speechwriter. And it was absolutely revelatory. I thought she was so great. And you and she just made me kind of reconsider everything that I was doing. Because her whole thing was, you know, just what you've got to bear in mind is what's your special thing, your truth that you want to bring out. And, um, you know, in my humble way, doing my little Edinburgh Festival show, it gave me an, an entirely kind of new motivation, really. Oh, I'm so glad. That's fantastic. Well, she's a, Sarah Hurwitz is an amazing woman. She was so humble herself, so not wanting to take any credit for Michelle Obama's speeches because she was in the room when they came up with mm. um, when they go low, we go high, and mm. I, brought, I brought up my daughters in a house built by slaves. And she wouldn't take any credit, and she would always say, oh, it's Michelle Obama, and I just helped her to bring out you know, what was in her heart. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, I just I loved her. I kept sort of touching her clothes, thinking that I was somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, now we must touch your clothes to see if we can. <laughs> if we can get. But I would recommend if if people mm. haven't listened to the podcast, there's some brilliant. I mean, everyone from Nigella Lawson to Elizabeth Day. That was another lovely one with Elizabeth Day, who of course does her own How to Fail podcast. And uh, as someone who has failed in life on <laughs> numerous occasions, as we all have, um, I found that one really really lovely and very inspiring as well so thank you for bringing us that podcast Viv. Oh it's my pleasure I, I love just geeking out with women about the intricate bits and pieces of performance and presence and difficult moments it's yeah it's so important and often when I'm asking people like you know Elizabeth had never really talked before about what it was like when she had to go on tv for the first time you know, as a, as a journalist, mm-hmm. and someone like Mary Portas, what was it like the first time that she went into a boardroom? And getting people to remember the moments when they were earlier on in their career and how they overcame those difficult moments, it's just so interesting. Or even how they didn't, because with Elizabeth Day, I thought what was quite interesting was where she said, I just decided to stop going on TV because I got so much, you know, oh, yeah, that was, abuse. Yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah, a lot of them will say, play to your strengths. That's a really interesting theme that emerges. Yes. Right, well, let's test you. Let's test your mm. strengths now, Viv, as you become our A-list adjudicator. We're going to give you some of the thornier problems from the ABU board with no context whatsoever, and you have to decide whether people are being reasonable or unreasonable. So first of all, let's kick off with, am I being unreasonable to have terrible time management skills? No, entirely reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> because? Because... Nobody likes anybody who has good time management skills. Yes. Those people are profoundly unpopular. <laughs> you mean the ones that you I mean, get somewhere and they're really, drumming their fingers? They've been there yeah, for like half really, an hour. Yeah, okay. I think we put ourselves <laughs> under pressure to do things that actually 
if we could do them, other people would hate us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody likes perfection. You're absolutely right. Where and I, you? I'm glad since we were about ten minutes late calling you today, I'm very pleased <laughs> that you're that you're on that. Isn't page. that fortunate, Lucy? Isn't it? <laughs> okay, here's the next one, Viv. Are you ready? Um, yeah. Am I being unreasonable uh, to think, presumably, that children should be locked up and never heard? <laughs> Sounds like a fantasy of mine. Entirely reasonable. Yes. <laughs> And also, it, it, everything in life is about context. And if you're going to complain and talk about wanting to lock your children up, you've come to the right place on that board, <laughs> haven't you? That's so, so you're true. reasonable. Um, obviously, don't actually do it. Mm, or yeah. if you do, then make sure there's enough air in the room. <laughs> and snacks. They could die. <laughs> um, but to have the impulse, entirely reasonable what I normally do is lock myself away from the children in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. I have a little oh. sneaky moment to myself just sitting on the you're toilet you're so self-sacrificing <laughs> <laughs> I do also just really like the bathroom as well so you know it smells nice most of the time um, here's another one Abu to ask where can we holiday now oh that's a big one isn't it am I being unreasonable to ask where can we holiday now Viv Yes, unreasonable, this one. Yeah. Unreasonable because Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? Seriously, there's a lot of travel sites online. Just put that in the search engine yeah. or talk to your friends. I mean, I know that this, you know, this board is the equivalent of talking to your friends. But I think it's a place for emotional support. It's not a place for travel information. No, that's very true. That's very true. It's not Expedia. It's Abu. It's very mm. easy to confuse the two. Okay, I love the next one uh, because this is becoming a bit of a hot issue. Um, am I being unreasonable to boycott wrapping paper this Christmas? Ooh. Wow. Completely reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like people. I, actually, maybe it's a bit pretentious, but I like people who use newspaper wrapping. Yeah. Although now, you know, newspapers are becoming so defunct and expensive that probably that's <laughs> more expensive than wrapping paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I think it's not unreasonable mm. to remove the things from your life that make you resentful. Yeah. So if wrapping paper and wrapping presents makes you resentful, just don't do it. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of tissue paper. Yes. So you buy tissue paper and you just scrunch it around the thing. <laughs> you pretend that that's an artistic statement and that's your gift. <laughs> a little bit of holly. There you go. Yeah, just sort of, yes, a sort of gauzy veil. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's very good. Because otherwise you are spending, you know, Christmas Eve. For parents is you just spend uh, three hours wrapping presents and then within seconds it, there's <laughs> never been a, a bigger investment of, of time in something that is then destroyed so mm. immediately this is true oh gosh i think i think you're absolutely right there Viv. so final one now am i being unreasonable to throw it into his driveway <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're on to your own. throw it. That's, all, that's all we've got. Yeah. Am I being unreasonable to throw it into his driveway? Make of it what you will. Oh, this could be anything, couldn't it? It could be pet excrement. That's a very likely rubbish yeah. or pet excrement. It could excrement, be a child. Oh. <laughs> that would be um, not cold. Good. That would be I'm cold. really, I, I want to be careful here, so I'm going to say unreasonable because... 
that sounds like neighborhood escalation. <laughs> And you want to avoid that at all costs. It does, doesn't it? Unless, I don't know, unless it's a lovely gift. A lovely unwrapped no. or wrapped in tissue paper gift. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining something nappy related here. Yeah. So yeah, but... maybe neighbours have complained about child related refuse. <laughs> this is from, this could be my, one of my neighbours actually. I don't know. Keep it to yourself. Keep your refuse to yourself. Yes, whatever it is, keep it to yourself. Well, I think that's a very good Mm -hmm. point, Viv, uh, and a point well made. So thank you so much for giving us the benefit Mm. of your wisdom, your experience. You're welcome. I hope it was fairly adjudicated. I feel like you're a very fair person. (laughs) We all know that about you. So thank you so much to the wonderful Viv Groskop. There will be another A-list adjudicator next week. Okay, now we come to the point in the podcast where things get nasty. (laughs) Things get a little bit... uh, I'm rolling out my sleeves. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Asma and I genuinely find a thread that we are prepared to come to blows over... (laughs) Uh, Rubble blows. This well, so I this one. It's quite an interesting one. I'll I'll throw out the original post. It was: Am I being unreasonable to not understand the obsession with SUVs and four by fours? Uh, and the original poster said, I'm genuinely curious to hear people's views below. Nearly every parent I know in my area has a 4x4 car of some sort. That's dozens of folk. The car parks at our local supermarket are covered in the things. My abu is to ask, what's the obsession with these things? Why are they the default choice for parents now, considering so many folk can't park them properly and our roads aren't <laughs> set up for them? I watched an amused horror yesterday as a lady with a Vauxhall Grandland X... Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Tried to park headfirst in a bay in our local supermarket. The width of the thing was the that. issue, but once parked, the rear of the car was practically touching the front of the neighbouring vehicle. So anyway, they go on furious, clearly, about this. But why do people have these enormous cars? Was the ABU? Um, and so, well, Asma and I, we are on differing sides, aren't we? Do you want to present your case first, Asma? Well, okay, first of all, a uh, big caveat. Um, it depends where you live, doesn't it? If you live in the country or somewhere that's really bumpy and holy and all the rest of it, maybe you do need one of these things. Um, I have driven them. My mum and dad have one. And um, they're pretty horrendous to drive, I have to say, because they're quite difficult to park. You know, it doesn't matter how many sensors you have. They're difficult because they're, they're, they're enormous. Uh, maybe you have 14 children and you need them. But honestly, you know, when you're not out in the country and you're just like, I don't know, wherever, Manchester, Glasgow, wherever you are, why do you need these massive things? Is it is it a status thing? Has it become the the modern day equivalent of, I don't know what, the hostess trolley? <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> aging myself here. Or, I don't know, something else, the equivalent of something else well, that, that we all have to have. Well, it used to be sport car, sports cars. Oh, okay. And you see, now, so I'm coming at this as a convert, right? Ooh. Now, I don't have one myself. I drive a 15-year-old Ford Fusion. Love it. Which is, um, you know, it's a beautiful car. <laughs> but I I think I had thought very much like the original poster and very much like you, Asma. Mm. I was like, oh, this is just wankers. <laughs> who they just, <laughs> everyone's got the big car saying you want the big car. But through the ABU forum, as so often happens, I kind of thought, well, anyone who doesn't think like me is an idiot. 
Um, but now I have read why people actually have them. And for a lot of people, it's like, well, do you know, I've got a bad back. Um, it's much easier when you've got kids to get them in and out. Uh, how, how can everyone have a bad back? Well, do you know, lots of people do these days. Yeah. And I just think, well, yeah. to me, okay, I am being slightly contrary here because I think, I used to think the wanker position was having a four by four. Mm. But now I think the wanker position is complaining <laughs> about four by fours because I think it is quite a fashionable thing to go, oh, God, bloody four by fours. Mm. You know, I drive, like me going, I just drive a 15 year old Ford Fusion and that makes me morally superior <laughs> and I think there is a level of people feeling like it gives them some moral superiority like well I'm doing my bit for the planet by mm. whereas actually oh yeah I hadn't gone to that yet my crappy old car is belching out god knows what and mm. you know and a lot of these are hybrids and I, I kind of feel like I'm trying to educate myself not to be the kind of wanker I've always been no that's uh, I think you're overthinking this <laughs> <laughs> Got, to yeah. use a cliche, yes. Got your darling. Yes. Uh, because I just think that, you know, when you're in a supermarket car park in a city centre, right, mm. and you just can't, you can't park in half the spaces because on either side you've got one of these SUVs and obviously they've encroached, so you can't get in. They kind of make spaces redundant because they're so massive and I just don't see... Why? Why do people need them? Well, do you know you're what you're trying they... to get your kid out of a car, yeah. right? Because yeah. you haven't opted to join the cool guys <laughs> with the with the SUVs. You're trying to get your, you know, four year old or two year old, whatever, out of a car, and you can't because of the SUVs. Well, you see, I am obsessed with parking, as you well know. <laughs> and as the previous host of the National Parking Awards, Whoa. I have spoken. <laughs> Hang on, you should have declared that at the beginning. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm in the pocket of big parking. That's my thing. This is why I'm in favour of SUVs. They bung me money to say yeah no but um i think it's a good thing for everyone in a way because if they have to make the parking spaces bigger for people like me who are crap at parking <laughs> it means i've got more of a but shot Lucy, that's not gonna you know that's parking. not gonna happen you know that's not gonna happen <laughs> they do but no some of the new car parks have bigger spaces oh my god like when you go to america it's amazing because everything's built geared towards yes. massive cars the spaces are massive it's fantastic yes because it's so easy but I can't imagine that's going to mean less fewer customers it's going to mean less money for supermarkets they're not going to do that well I think we should all get four by fours and SUVs and then we should all give each other lifts to (laughs) mitigate the environmental impact and then you will be like me you will change your mind and you'll be like do you know what my back has never felt better (gasps) oh it's amazing well I you know I think there's only one thing for it we're going to have to hand it over to a higher authority (laughs) the equivalent of the supreme court Uh, (laughs) with his insect jewellery who is it? it's Roger Tilling okay Roger as Mark you are being unreasonable I am so not what kind of future do you want for your children Uh, there's me and Roger in our four by four (laughs) playing Cardi B (laughs) it's a beautiful vision of the future so thank you very much Roger Tilling so there we are another fantastic episode of the ABU podcast and the final episode of this series, Asma, it's been a blast. It's I been s- emotional. It's it been has. an emotional roller coaster. I mean, I still love you. <laughs> At the end of the day, just to be fair, to be fair, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? We've but had our ups and downs. We've had our ups and downs, but uh, no, it's been such a pleasure working with you. Aww. Thank you so much to everyone who has contributed to this series. All our wonderful A-list adjudicators, including Viv Groskop. 
and to Roger Tilling, of course, yeah. and to all the fantastic Mums Net posters, without whom we would have no material and we would have nothing to cackle over. That's loudly. it. Couldn't have done it without you guys. Thank you so much, and we will see you very soon. Peace out. Peace out and love. <laughs> <laughs> listening to Am I Being Unreasonable? Brought to you by Mumsnet. Presented by Lucy Porter and Asma Mia and produced by Amanda Redman. You can contribute to the forum by registering at mumsnet.com. Follow them on Twitter at Mumsnet Towers and Insta at Mumsnet. And get in touch with the podcast by writing to aboopod, that's A-I-B-U pod, at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks to Acast for hosting, and most of all, thank you for listening. Yeah.